0: And... Tonight, competing campaign promises how the Liberals hope to get Surrey votes and how the NDP is trying to attract drivers. Plus... that could have hit any one of our houses and gone right through our windows. Was a shooting in Surrey targeted or a case of mistaken identity? And...
1: This type of proposal is only perpetuating the same old if, and, and, and if anything is making it worse
0: where vancouver could see new sanctioned homeless camps and what they could cost
1: you're
2: watching global bc this is global news hour at six
0: Good evening. Thanks for joining us. With less than three weeks left of campaigning in the provincial election, two big promises today from the two front-running parties. First to Surrey, where the B.C. liberals are pledging to pause the transition to a municipal police force and put the issue to a referendum. As Paul Johnson reports, it's a promise that has the NDP and the city's mayor calling foul.
2: Can the B.C. Liberals make political headway by diving into the policing debate in Surrey? Clearly, someone thinks they can.
3: We've been asking for transparency uh, for voters in terms of what the transition means, what it costs and, and what the implication is to voters.
2: By population, Surrey is the biggest city in Canada to contract out its policing to the Mounties and not have a department of its own. Mayor Doug McCallum won re-election on a promise to create their own police, and that process is underway. Sunday's announcement by Andrew Wilkinson that a B.C. liberal government would halt the transition and hold a referendum drew this prickly response from Mayor McCallum. I am appalled that the B.C. liberal leader has stooped to this level of desperation in an effort to garner votes.
4: The laws of uh, British Columbia are very clear that uh, policing is a uh, local government responsibility. The
2: NDP's Mike Farnworth was public safety minister when the Surrey police transition began.
4: I think uh, uh, voters will see this for what it is, a desperate attempt uh, by a party uh, that clearly uh, has suddenly flip-flopped. Well,
5: we've sort of been waiting for something like this.
2: SFU political scientist Stuart Prest says Wilkinson's Surrey
5: stratagem isn't entirely risk-free. It's clear that the the liberals wanted to jump in and and do something that would make a splash in Surrey. And they they are pretty clearly also uh, not sure which way to jump on this issue. So the the referendum is a way to, to sort of have their cake and eat it, too. But if it succeeds, it could be
2: one of Wilkinson's savviest moves yet leveraging an existing Keep the RCMP movement, whose organiser told Global News has collected 50,000 signatures.
1: I support a referendum, yes.
2: This South Surrey couple are one of several on their street with Keep the RCMP lawn signs.
0: I think they're perfectly adequate. I think to change them would cost an awful lot of money.
2: In Surrey, Paul Johnson, Global News.
0: Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us now. Keith, we know this is a contentious issue in Surrey. Could this pledge by the liberals work?
4: Well, all the evidence I've seen is that more people uh, uh, back the idea of keeping the RCMP rather than getting rid of them. But is it a vote determinant issue? There are nine ridings in in Surrey. Uh, Four of them are pretty strong NDP ridings. I don't think that's going to affect the vote there. Uh, Two uh, strong Liberals. But there are three in the middle. Take a look at where these ridings could become in play as a result of this. Guildford, held by the NDP by less than 2,300 votes. Cloverdale by the B.C. Liberals. Again, very, very small margin. And Panorama, uh, which is won by the NDP by more than 2,100. Votes. Those are the three competitive ridings in Surrey. Perhaps they turn on the question of whether or not to keep the RCMP. Uh, and again, clearly the Liberals have been doing some research and they obviously think that favors them more than the New Democrats. Again, look for the Liberals, I think, as they're far behind the NDP in all these polls, uh, to really concentrate on local issues that play well within certain ridings on a regional basis. This is a classic example of that. This is really means nothing to people over here on the island or in the interior. This is really a big issue in Surrey and and clearly, the Liberals think it's enough uh, to put a couple of NDP writings in play. But the poll suggests right now the, it's the NDP's election to lose.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Keith. Right. To the other potentially attractive promise today, the NDP pledging to return any profits generated by ICBC during the pandemic to drivers in the form of a rebate. Vancouver Point Grey NDP candidate David Eby, who managed the ICBC file in the NDP government, says the rebate would be paid at the same time as new ICBC rates kick in on May 1st. Eby estimates the new rates, part of the NDP's move to a no-fault style of insurance, will save drivers about 20 percent. Both the Liberals and the Greens slammed the announcement.
6: ICBC has saved money because people are driving less during COVID. There are fewer accidents and the government is committed. In fact, we passed a law to ensure that that money that is saved, the surplus will pass back to drivers. And so they will be seeing a rebate from that.
1: This money could have been out the door four or five months ago, but
6: instead Mr. Eby and the NDP have been hoarding it so they can return it back to British Columbians, their money, during an unnecessary pandemic election. It is crass political politics.
7: This is, again, such a standard approach in elections is to say, look, vote for us and we'll give you this uh, one-time cash-in-your-pocket deal. We are focused on actually looking at where we want to get to.
0: The Greens made their own big ticket promise. The party's first, the campaign, first to know pledged $500 million a year for, in the form of a renter's grant. Unlike the NDP's promised renter's rebate, First Note says the Green Grant would be means-tested and targeted only to people spending more than 30% of their income on rent. Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson focused on seniors' care while campaigning in North Vancouver today. He announced a new seniors' home care tax credit to help the aging population stay in their own homes and stay connected to their loved ones longer. NDP leader John Horgan also focused on seniors during a campaign stop in Courtney today. He says his party wants to expand publicly funded home care to allow more seniors to stay in their own homes for as long as possible. He also promised more funding for more care workers, adult day programs and respite services. Investigators returned to a Newton neighbourhood today, a day after a shooting left a man critically injured in a townhouse. As Grace Key reports, unanswered questions surrounding the attack have left neighbours concerned for their safety.
8: A trail of blood along the walkway of this Surrey townhome is what remains of a weekend shooting that left a 67-year-old man in hospital suffering from gunshot wounds. Sound like
4: crack, crack like, like that, like a firewood, firecracker. Because the kid here, they use a firecracker all the time. There was cop cars all lined on the inside of our complex. I saw the cops going through the front yards of our complex, um, of the down a couple of, uh, houses down from our neighbors. And
8: they were looking for something with their flashlights. It happened just before 3 a.m. Saturday morning on 129th Street and 58A Avenue in Surrey's Newton neighborhood. This
3: victim was shot inside their residence so we received a report of a break and enter so an individual entering um, a residence and a shooting which occurred uh, at the same time so our officers uh, you know came here as quickly as possible unfortunately
8: the suspect was gone from this area. Officers were back at the scene on Sunday canvassing the area and looking for security footage. The victim is not known to police. Investigators are trying to determine if this was a targeted shooting and if this person was the intended victim. This latest shooting has left neighbors on edge.
4: A little bit worried. I've got three kids and it's scary to know that there's gunshots in our neighborhood because that could have hit any one of our houses and gone right through our windows. So it's it's terrifying to know that kind of stuff happens in your neighborhood.
1: It's definitely like friendly. Um like kids are usually
8: playing out here with like supervision and um it's pretty safe. Like haven't had any like police officers like pull up like this um before. Yeah. So it was definitely um, definitely scary. The victim was taken to hospital in critical but stable condition. If you have any information you're asked to contact Surrey RCMP Grace Key Global News. People living near a Surrey Elementary
0: School made a disturbing discovery this weekend. It's been largely painted over now, but hateful graffiti was spotted yesterday scrawled on several walls of Bothwell Elementary School in the Fraser Heights area. The Surrey School District says RCMP notified staff and it was covered up. For four days, residents of a North Okanagan neighborhood have been left wondering what's going on in their community. RCMP officers descended on their Coldstream block on Thursday following a mysterious, bloody encounter. Megan Turcato has more.
7: Our living room was lit up red and blue. Some residents of Kalamalka Road in Coldstream woke up Thursday morning to a police investigation on their street.
9: So the first thing I did is ran downstairs to check on the children and they were fine.
7: After responding to a man in medical distress in the area early Thursday morning, police closed part of the street as they investigated.
1: They just said that there is someone in distress and that, that we should stay inside and not go anywhere.
7: While police have not released further details, it appears a seriously injured person may have gone door to door on the street. At this home, a resident said someone pounded on her door early in the morning. This splatter is the aftermath. Down the street at another house, there's a smear near the doorbell, stains on the doormat, and a footprint in the carport. Here, a resident said police told his wife not to come into the carport Thursday morning as police were processing a crime scene. There is a trail of stains in the street as well, and occupants at a third house said someone came to the home seeking medical attention. The situation
9: creating a lot of questions for those who live nearby. As far as I'm concerned, even though they told us that the public is not at risk the morning of, I kind of wish maybe we had a better idea. They had just told us that it was not a paper cut.
1: A little concerning. I mean, I hope everyone that's involved is okay.
7: Whatever happened here was still very much under investigation days later. Saturday evening, police were coming and going from this home in the 8900 block. And several vehicles were towed away.
0: Turcato, Global News, Coldstream. In North Central BC a serious collision has closed a section of Highway 16 east of Prince George. Reports suggest a semi-truck and passenger vehicle crashed head-on 23 kilometers outside of the city. Drive BC suggests the highway could reopen at around 11:30 tonight. Surrey RCMP are trying to figure out who trashed a popular corn maze.
4: Just absolutely everything we had here was was smashed. <laughs>
0: Staff at Bose Farms Corn Maze on 156th Street spent this weekend cleaning up the damage in order to reopen for the last week of their COVID season. Sometime after 1 o'clock Saturday morning, vandals ransacked the property, damaging the maze and destroying tables, chairs, and even porta-potties. The farm has had no issues with vandals in the boat the last six years, so didn't have surveillance cameras installed. Police are checking to see if nearby surveillance video captured the suspects.
4: Fire pits turned upside down, porta potties turned over, tables and chairs smashed beyond recognition, Uh, a level of violence I have never seen before. We've had trespassers, but they rarely do any damage. Right. They're just in it for the lark. And this was this, we took this very personally.
0: Dozens took part in a convoy protest in Surrey today, a show of solidarity with farmers in India who are striking against new controversial laws. The Indian government claims the reforms will help increase farm productivity, but critics say it will make farmers vulnerable to market forces. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, the rally was uh, altered to a drive through in the parking lot of a local Gurdwara. Today marks the National Day of Action for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. Marchers made their way through the streets of downtown Kelowna in memory of those lost. Many wore red Sisters in Spirit t-shirts and carried signs with photos of missing or murdered women.
6: We've got about probably probably about 100 signs at the Friendship Center. There wasn't enough people to carry them all, you know, And, and they're like some of the signs are dated back to 1989, 84, 80s. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's people that have been missing
0: for a long time, and there isn't any closure for the families, right? According to Statistics Canada, in 2015, almost 25% of female homicide victims in this country were Indigenous. Richmond RCMP are looking for a 45-year-old woman missing since yesterday afternoon. Yuan Ying Eileen Lee stands five foot one and has a slender build. She has black hair and dark brown eyes and was last seen wearing black pants, a dark-colored hoodie and white Gucci shoes with a tennis racket logo. Police are very concerned for her well-being and are asking anyone with information to please call them. Mission RCMP are asking for the public's help to find a missing man. 52-year-old Jeffrey Ford Johnson was last seen on October 1st in Mission. He's about 5'9", white, with brown eyes and brown hair. Johnson was last seen wearing a black zip-up jacket and blue jeans. If you see him or have any information on his wear please call Mission RCMP or Crime Crimestoppers. Another beloved holiday tradition has been cancelled Due to the pandemic. The Vancouver Christmas market has been postponed until 2021. Organizers behind the popular event say despite their best efforts, they simply couldn't find a way to safely execute the market under current COVID-19 safety guidelines. But if you're in the mood for some holiday cheer, you can still join in on the festivities virtually. Organizers say they'll be sharing updates and streaming events on the market's social media pages, but you'll still have to make your own hot chocolate and glue wine. Vancouver City Council is set to convene a special meeting on Thursday to discuss options from staff on how to provide pandemic relief for homeless residents. One of the ideas includes allowing sanctioned encampments on city land. Kristen Robinson has more on the locations and the cost.
3: Although home to nearly 400 tents, BC Housing believes about 200 people in Strathcona Park are homeless staff at the City of Vancouver identifying eight potential sites for a sanctioned tent city, including two parkades, four empty lots, the lawn at City Hall, and the plaza on the north side of City Hall. The estimated annual operating costs of a 40-tent supported encampment with 24-7 security and daytime staff, more than $2.1 million. A managed encampment with 24-7 security and 24-7 staff, 2.6 million plus.
4: At a purely dollars and cents level, uh, it would be foolish uh, to think it's free not to provide services to the homeless.
3: Economist Tom Davidoff says the price of ignoring homelessness could be even higher.
4: Strathcona uh, produces a lot of real estate value. It's a dynamic part of a city where people want to live. If it becomes uninhabitable, Uh, because the park is overrun and dangerous, I suspect there are significant economic costs.
3: Even if housing options were approved, staff note the likelihood of decamping Strathcona without enforcing the newly amended park control bylaw is limited.
1: This type of proposal is only perpetuating the same old, and, and, and if anything, is making it worse.
3: Julian Summers has researched homelessness, addiction, and mental illness in depth. He says tent cities go against the evidence of what works best to get people off the streets. Recovery-oriented housing with supports.
1: No part of that plan involves putting people into parkades or into parks or other small uh, settings where they would be clustered together on some sort of temporary basis. It's moving in the opposite direction.
3: The provincial government has to date not supported the concept of a managed encampment, according to city staff, who acknowledge it would not be sustainable to take on any option alone, given the money involved. Kristen Robinson, Global News. The almost half-million-dollar
0: price tag to restore Oppenheimer Park following 18 months as a homeless encampment has now nearly doubled on top of an estimated $450,000 to remediate the grass, playground and historical and cultural elements at the public park. The Oppenheimer Fieldhouse also needs about $420,000 worth of repairs before it can be used again. The park board says the washrooms, kitchen, office and storage rooms were exposed to water damage, sewer overflow, rodent infestation and vandalism. Uh, The fix involves demolition and mechanical and electric electrical repairs. The bill to taxpayers is now an estimated eight hundred seventy thousand dollars. We have a better understanding tonight of why the U.S. president was flown to hospital on Friday, where he remains tonight. And despite being hospitalized with a more severe case of COVID-19 than we were first led to believe, Donald Trump flouted pandemic rules this afternoon, risking his own health and security, along with that of others, when he briefly left Walter Reed Medical Center.
10: Tonight, the world's most watched COVID patient made a surprise move the masked president in the back seat, driven by Secret Service, to wave at supporters gathered outside the hospital. A brief visit he previewed in a new video message.
1: I'm about to make a little surprise visit.
10: The president returned to his hospital suite hours after his doctors provided a dose of transparency. The president's doctor acknowledged he had not revealed key information about danger signs in President Trump's condition
5: president has experienced two episodes of transient drops in his oxygen saturation.
10: President Trump's blood oxygen did fall to unsafe levels, and his fever was deemed high, now being given a steroid typically used in serious cases.
5: We did initiate dexamethasone therapy, and he received his first dose of that yesterday, and our plan is to continue that for the time being.
10: Mr. Trump's lungs may show evidence of COVID-related effects.
5: We're tracking all of that. Um, there's some expected findings, but nothing of uh, any major clinical concern.
10: Despite ongoing treatment, doctors said the president may go home soon.
5: Our hope is that we can plan for a discharge as early as tomorrow to the White House where he can continue his treatment course.
10: Today's medical briefing comes as White House credibility itself is ailing. While doctors had emphasized a rosier outlook, the chief of staff gave a more troubling account of the president Friday
1: concerned with that. You know, he had a a fever and uh, his blood oxygen level had dropped
5: uh, rapidly.
10: Saturday, Dr. Conley repeatedly refused Uh, to say the president was given supplemental oxygen.
5: Thursday, no oxygen, none at this moment. Yeah. And yesterday with the team, uh, while, while we were all here, he was
10: not on oxygen. But today, a different story. I was concerned for possible rapid
5: progression of the illness. I recommended the president we try some supplemental oxygen.
10: The president himself tries to project an image of recovery, releasing photos and video taken inside Walter Reed. It's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. Pressed about his failure to be more forthright, Dr. Conley admitted this.
5: I was trying to reflect the the, uh, the upbeat attitude that the team, the president, that his course of illness has had. And in doing so, uh, you know, it came off. Uh, that we were trying to hide something, which wasn't necessarily true. Um.
0: The Japanese founder of the luxury fashion brand Kenzo has died from complications related to COVID-19. The family of Kenzo Takata issued a statement that he died today at the American hospital near Paris. Best known for his colorful graphic and floral prints, he was the first Japanese designer to gain prominence on the French fashion scene. He founded the internationally known brand under his first name in the 1970s. He sold his clothing brand to luxury conglomerate LVMH in 1993 and retired six years later. He was 81 years old devastating floods triggered by storm alex hit a mountainous region in france and italy killing at least four people roads and bridges have been washed out and more than 100 homes destroyed in southern france about a thousand firefighters and military personnel have been deployed to search for at least eight people who are missing almost a year's average rainfall has fallen there in less than 12 hours Parts of northern Italy are also being hit hard by Alex. Helicopters have been used to rescue a number of people stuck near a flooded river today. One river in an area near the border with Austria turned into a raging torrent, the flood sending a muddy cascade downhill. Closer to home, Tropical Storm Gamma has made landfall near Tulum in Mexico. This is what's left of a pier in Cozumel after strong winds and high waves smashed the Mexican coastline. When the storm hit, the National Hurricane Center reported it was nearly at hurricane strength with sustained winds nearly 112 kilometers an hour.
1: You're
2: watching Global news hour at 6.
0: An extremely rare and flawless white diamond will be sold on Monday at an historic auction in Hong Kong. Have a look at this. The 102.39 carat diamond was discovered in a mine near Ontario in 2018. It's described as one of the rarest one of Earth's rarest and most coveted wonders. The oval white diamond is the second largest of its kind ever to be offered up at an auction. In 2013, a 118.28 carat diamond was sold at Sotheby's Hong Kong for $30.8 million.
6: Free guy, coming this Christmas. Fantastic.
0: Free guy, coming this New Year's. Ryan Reynolds releases a tongue-in-cheek trailer teasing the release of the trailer for his new movie. We'll explain and we'll have that for you right after Yvonne's forecast. It's quite good, Yvonne. You're going to enjoy this.
9: He can do no wrong. I know. He really can do no wrong. We need a little laugh anyway, so it's good. Oh, let me move back in. There we go. There you go. There I am. Here I am. All right. uh, Good evening, everyone. We've had a fair bit of cloud cover, instability today, but there is a nice break on the way and the smoke clearing out across the province, paired with some sunshine in the long range. And I'll have the timeline in just a moment. Here's what it looks like just before sunset this evening. Temperatures have been on the cool side today. We're currently sitting at 14 out of the airport, and we just bumped up to 15 as the high for today. We've got a light westerly wind at six kilometers per hour. A few numbers across the province today got into the low 20s for. for the central Okanagan, a sluice today bumping up to 25 degrees, and across the central interior, Prince George up to 16 degrees. Now it is going to cool off once again this evening. We'll have cloud cover, fog, fog for the morning hours tomorrow, so a heads up. And then it'll dissipate, a nice clearing is on the way. And we've got more of a westerly flow, so there is going to be a clearer day tomorrow, smoke moving out of the region, and temperatures up to 18 closer to the water, away from the water will be into the low 20s. Here's a quick look at what lo- what it's like on the satellite and radar. We've got this system along the northern half of the province that's continuing to bring rain. It'll pick up once again this evening and intensify with the potential between between 40 and up to 50 millimeters. Heaviest rain will be along the north and central coast, continuing overnight and for the early morning hours, so a heads up. And that same system moving across the central interior will bring a chance of showers. Just for the morning hours, it should ease off much drier towards the afternoon, and areas towards the south of it remaining dry. Here's a quick glance as we get in towards the next few days. We are going to see an up. The, uh, we are going to see a nice change on the way with some sunshine in the mix. That'll be for Tuesday, Wednesday. Those likely the nicest days out of the bunch. And then on Thursday, we've got a change that we could see an increase in cloud cover, showers moving in, and then Friday, Saturday, we are tracking some rain, and that's moving in for all areas across the south coast. Tuesday, Wednesday, though, temperatures away from the water into the low 20s we'll have some sunshine it'll cool off slightly with that change and showers moving in for both thursday friday but a look ahead the northern half of the province tomorrow with the heaviest rainfall overnight and for the early morning hours Prince Rupert will be up to 14 as the high. The northeastern corners of the province with some breaks in there. Much of the central interior, it showers for the morning hours, drier towards the afternoon, and temperatures will be up to 15 degrees. The Columbia could get a few isolated showers, a bit of drizzle for areas near Revelstoke. Thompson, Okanagan in the southeastern corner of the province, however, will see some breaks, a nice clearing, and temperatures will get into the low 20s. Whistler will see some fog, cloud cover for the morning hours, more of a clearing by the afternoon. The northern tip of Vancouver Island could see a few isolated showers. Most areas for the central and southern half of the island will see breaks. A clearing is on the way. Five-day forecast, so we've got fog overnight and for the early morning hours, a clearing as we get closer towards the noon hour. Fantastic, Colleen. Tuesday, Wednesday, very pleasant. It starts to warm up once again. And then Thursday, Friday, we could be tracking a change, but a great start to the work week and temperatures on the warm side as well.
0: Indeed. Thanks, Yvonne. Many Hollywood movies won't be hitting the big screen on time. Their release dates repeatedly delayed due to the pandemic. So leave it to Vancouver's Ryan Reynolds to make fun of his latest movie's release. Originally set for July, now December. Maybe.
6: oh, no, 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 there's a but. Just, you know, given how 2020 is gone, um, they just want to cover alternative release date promos. Just one or two. All right. Cool, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Free guy, coming this Christmas. Fantastic.
10: (laughs) Free guy, coming
8: this New Year's.
6: Nice. Okay, here we go. Free guy, coming this Valentine's Day. Free guy, coming this Labor Day. Coming
8: this April, probably.
6: Smart, smart. Coming on... A July 4th, coming before or after the next Olympics.
9: Coming Halloween, but not the one that you think.
6: When Mars is in retrograde. Before the asteroid hits. This Pine Cone Appreciation Day. I think we're good. I yeah, think we're I good. Think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. For 40 or 50 years.
0: Well at least we know when the trailer's gonna drop.
9: Yeah, that's good.
0: Hopefully
1: the movie's as entertaining as that.
0: Sometimes that's not always the case. Not always guaranteed, no. Uh, What do you got coming up, Barry? Uh,
1: Guaranteed entertainment, Ashley. Seahawks uh, down in Miami uh, today, very hot and humid, but uh, Seattle won again. The Seahawks never like to kind of do it the easy way. Uh you know, they could like keep everyone kind of engaged to the very end. But they did hang on for another win. So they're 4-0. and First time they've done that since they won the Super Bowl wow. back in uh, 2013. So we'll have highlights of that, all the NFL action coming up.
0: The pandemic has put a hold on large gatherings. For major sports leagues, that means a big loss in revenue. Now the NFL is allowing individual teams to decide whether or not to allow some fans back into stadiums. As Eric Schemi re- explains, watching sports indoors is only one option.
6: Coronavirus has forced many sports teams to rethink the way they do business when it comes time for fans to return. One of the major themes includes utilizing outdoor spaces for tailgate and watch parties as a way to bring people together in a safe, socially distant manner. The Milwaukee Bucks are working with architectural design firm Populous to create a space that uses the arena's parking garage along with modular shipping containers to create a whole new experience for fans. The Miami Dolphins recently unveiled their own outdoor tailgate, complete with beanbag chairs and cabana suites. At the brand new Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, the Raiders are hoping to recoup some of their lost revenue by selling parking spots along with a food and beverage package to their fans. It's all part of the new normal as teams look to bring back fans safely or at least make some money somehow even if those fans can't enter the arena. I think what what this shift in culture, the shift from pandemic has has emphasized is that people are gonna
4: wanna still go, but they're gonna want high value for their experiences.
6: Another trend, touchless everything. Gone are the days of the paper ticket.
9: So, people still like to hand their hand, you know, have their hard ticket and hand it to the ticket taker. Well, this year, because of the safety factor of being able to enter the venue on a contactless basis and just being able to come within range of the scanner, we have over 70 clients using that technology this year. I've never seen that kind of acceleration of adoption of technology. The pandemic has definitely um, impacted that.
6: Dameron says her company has over 70 clients implementing that technology this year.
0: For the first time since the pandemic hit, Saturday Night Live was back in studio live last night. They kicked off the 46th season with a recreation of the U.S. presidential debate.
2: He let you speak. Now let him speak. But he's lying. I can't point out if he says a lie. (laughs) I said two words.
0: You've turned son of a as Donald noodle. Trump, and for the first time, do Jim Carrey portrayed Joe Biden. Maya Rudolph is also reprising her role as Senator and vice presidential hopeful Kamala Harris. There were plenty of pandemic-related references, with the irony of the president testing positive for the virus, not lost in the sketch. Barry's here with sports, and Barry, it's hard to believe it's been seven years for the Seahawks
1: since they won that Super Bowl. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to believe. Yeah, they should they should have two, but we don't want to talk about no. that. We want to talk about uh, good things. Yeah, it was a close game today, maybe closer than a lot of people thought. Thanks, Colleen. Uh, the last time the Seahawks started a season 4-0 and was back in 2013. You might remember that was the season they won the Super Bowl. Seattle is certainly considered a championship contender again this year, especially the way Russell Wilson and the offense has played. He was very good again today in Miami, but the defense also came through holding the dolphins to just a single touchdown in a 31-23 win it was a hot steamy day in miami felt like 35 celsius at field level seahawks strike first after an interception by the defense russell wilson to dk metcalf 37 yard gain chris carson would punch it in for the touchdown a few plays later seattle jumped out seven to nothing late in the half another big play from wilson going deep to david moore And he's got it. It's a 57-yard gain. Tiptoes inside the Miami 10. No one delivers the deep ball like Russell Wilson. A couple plays later, he will zip it to Travis Homer for the touchdown. And it's 17 nine seattle at the half but the offense kind of went dormant for a while fourth quarter now 17 12 dolphins threatening but the hawks defense stuffs miles Gaskin on third down they hold the dolphins to their fifth field goal of the game 17 15 hawks still leading but they pad the lead wilson going to the corner of the end zone for david moore a great grab superb play to get those feet down in bounds it's a 17-yard touchdown pass 24 15 then the defense With another big play, Brian Fitzpatrick is picked off by Shaquille Griffin. Second pick of the day for the defense. And then the offense goes right to work. Wilson with the quick hitter to DK Metcalf, who shows that skill set. Eludes one tackle, keeps his feet. Heading for the end zone, just pushed out at the one-yard line. But on the next play, Chris Carson, who was questionable to play this week after that leg injury last week his second TD of the game, and the Hawks go to 4-0 for just the second time in franchise history. 31-23 the final. They are home to the Vikings next Sunday. Check out the rest of the NFC West, how they fared. Rams and Giants from L.A., a defensive struggle into the fourth, but the Rams finally break it open with one big play. Jared Goff hits Cooper Cup in stride. He takes it in for the touchdown, a 55-yard scoring play and the Rams win it 17 to 9 so they're just a game back of Seattle they go to 3 and 1. Arizona Cardinals came in with a 2 and 1 record against Carolina but the Panthers get the early jump Teddy Bridgewater with an 18-yard run for the touchdown and the Panthers led 14 to nothing and then in the third Bridgewater With the short two-yard touchdown pass to Ian Thomas, Panthers do the Seahawks a favor, beating the Cardinals 31-21. Arizona now 2-2. The 2-1 49ers are on the field right now playing Philadelphia. In Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's Bucs fell behind 24-7 in the second, but then the 43-year-old Tom Terrific takes over. Early third, 28-yard TD strike to O.J. Howard, now 24-21. Late in the third, Brady with his fourth touchdown pass of the game. Finds Scotty Miller. Bucks back out front 28-24. Chargers regain the lead but in the fourth Brady to Kashawn Vaughn for his fifth touchdown pass of the game. Oldest QB ever to do that at age 43. Bucks go to three 3-1 after the 38-31 victory. Well, the Whitecaps at least played a decent first half last night against the Sounders, but then Seattle struck for three quick goals in the opening 15 minutes of the second half and handed the Caps their third straight loss, 3-1. Vancouver is now tied for last in the West with a 5-10 record. The Caps' last win in Seattle was 2016. They're going to have to wait a little longer to get the next one. Sounders struck just a minute into the second half as Brazilian João Paulo will find the corner, firing one inside the far post, 1-0 Seattle, they made it 2-0 and then off the corner kick, a little flick on to Raul Ruiz Diaz, three goals in 14 minutes as the Sounders win 3-1, Caps third straight loss, they visit San Jose on Wednesday. Wild day in the English Premiership, Aston Villa taking on the defending champions Liverpool, Aston Villa just barely survived relegation last year but came out like a shot to start this year. Ollie Watkins had a hat-trick in the opening half. Villa stormed out 4-1 and they got all the bounces. Ross Barkley with the shot takes a deflection and into the corner of the net. That made it 5-1. Jack Grellish also scored twice in a 10-minute span as Aston Villa pounds Liverpool 7-2. Villa is off to a perfect 3-0 start. Now earlier, another blowout. Manchester United at home to Tottenham. It was 2-1 Spurs when United just started to unravel. Harry Kane with the steal eventually gets it back and he hammers it in to make it 3-1 Tottenham. Spurs got another before halftime. Son Hoon Min bagging his second of the match. It was 4-1 at the break and it's a celebratory fun time for Spurs they scored six unanswered including this one from Serge Aurier six won the final not since 1930 had United conceded six at home they are off to a sputtering one and two start game three of the NBA finals Miami Heat trailing two games to none again playing without Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic tonight Jimmy Butler Knows he has to be spectacular if the Heat have a chance, and he was driving the basket. 19 first-half points as the Heat led by four at the break. Kamloops boy Kelly Alinek getting more minutes with the Heat injuries. Hits the three ball here, a bit of a fortunate bounce. Kelly with 12 off the bench at last look, but the Lakers do lead 91-89 in the fourth. Fourth round of the French Open, top seed Simona Halep had her hands full with 19-year-old Iga Swiatek of Poland who knocked out Jeannie Bouchard last round. Halep and Swiatek met at the same stage at Roland Garros last year. Halep walloped Swiatek in just 45 minutes. It was payback today as the young Pole took the first set in just 26 minutes. More of the same in the second as Tech takes out the number one seed 6162 to advance to the quarters. On the men's side, 12-time champ Rafa Nadal advanced to the quarters easily as well. Final round of the Sanderson Farms Championship from Mississippi. Sergio Garcia tied for the lead, entering the day. Two back of the lead, playing the par 5 514th, but on his second shot from 260. Hits the shot of the tournament, begging for it to get over the bunker, and it does. Settles two and a half feet away, made the eagle, and Sergio now tied at the top with Peter Malnati. Now on 18, still tied, Sergio with an eight iron from 170 yards out, and it's another perfect strike as he sticks this to two and a half feet. And Malnati, meanwhile, knows he's likely not going to a playoff. That was uh, just too good from Sergio, who then steps up, closes his eyes, as he's been doing all week putting, knocks it in for the birdie in the win. First PGA Tour victory for Sergio since 2017. Does it at age 40. Corey Connors, top Canadian at minus 12. Roger Sloan of Merritt was 32nd at 8-under. And in New Jersey, final round of the LPGA's ShopRite Classic. Brooke Henderson started the day in 7th. Ended up tied for 6th. Just 1-under yeah, 70 today for Brooke. Slow, Narrowly misses the here eagle here at nine really couldn't get it going in windy conditions in new jersey england's mel reed was never really challenged she ran away with this one makes the nice birdie here on her way to a shoot a two-shot victory at 19 under par to win the shop right classic and that is it for sports calling back to you
9: Okay, there's a
0: big fly that's flying around here. We're
9: all so. going to be swatting it at some point. Yeah, if you see it, it flies yeah. Yeah. around.
0: Don't let it bother you like it bothers us.
9: Uh, today is World Animal Day,
0: and as always, a pet blessing took place in Vancouver. But like everything else this year, it was different. Normally, the event would take place inside St. John's Shaughnessy Anglican Church, but this afternoon it happened. Outside. Thank goodness it wasn't pouring rain or anything. People walked and rolled up with their animal friends for a blessing. It was a physically distant way to celebrate World Animal Day and the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, the patron saint of animals.
9: I wouldn't have missed this uh, this special service that we have each year
3: for anything. It's it's really fun.
4: You think he finds it special too?
3: He likes the cookie part of it.
5: Today we celebrate the pets that we have
6: as part of our families and I think people just really enjoy the opportunity to bring, bring their pets to
5: church and, and just that recognition of, of the love and relationship that we have with them.
10: Might do a little bit of good. He's been sick recently so he could use a blessing.
0: Poor little guy. This was the pet drive through uh, in the Philippines. A Catholic priest blessed various dogs, cats, and other pets with holy water. Pet owners in Manila were asked to line up in their vehicles to ensure good fortune for their animal companions and, of course, for themselves, too.
1: We could use a frog in here with a sticky tongue to get
0: rid of that fly. Yes. Now you're thinking... Really quick look at the weather, Yvonne?
9: Uh, we are going to see fog for the morning, a nice clearing on the way, and sunny and dry for both Tuesday, Wednesday, and then don't look ahead to Thursday, Friday yet. We will try not to. <laughs> that
0: is the news hour for tonight. Thanks for joining us. Jordan is here at 11. Stay with us now for 60 minutes. Good night.